Alhamdulillah <coughs> Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu wa man yudlil falahadiyalah wa nashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فعما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون فقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders, a couple of weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, I spoke to you about the Industrial Revolution and how it was far more than the invention of the assembly line. The Industrial Revolution profoundly changed our lives, our values, our culture, our behavior. It, it changed parenting, it changed teaching, it changed the time of day, it changed many, many things. It changed how we saw ourselves and how we measured our effort, what we gave significance to and what we ignored. It changed, as I mentioned, how we taught and how we learned, including how we taught and learned Islam. It changed how we assessed and valued one another and the basis on which we measured success and failure. The Industrial Revolution changed the very basis of self-esteem. Today, as I speak and for some time now, we have entered... Another far more pervasive, persuasive and even more transformational revolution and that is of artificial intelligence in all its forms. We must remember that ever more subtly and for that reason powerfully technology is not only about its mechanics but even more about the psychological, even ideological changes that it creates. Atheism seems to move hand in hand with technological development. It does not need to be that way, but that is how it seems to be. And the reason is that technology gives mankind the illusion of being all-powerful all and invincible, of being immortal even, in terms of the things that we create, if not our own bodies. Even our bodies 
we are moving to believing that with stem cell technology and gene manipulation, we can grow whatever we like in our bodies, replace organs and so on, to cure disease and within quotes, prolong life, maybe even indefinitely. And I say within quotes because this is not our belief. Our belief is that life is determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not by doctors. Now granted that much of, his, much of this today is in the realm of science fiction like aeroplanes once were. But like aeroplanes, very soon all of this and more will become mundane and normal. Let me read the menu for you. <clears throat> How about memorizing the Quran which all of us claim that we want to do? How about being able to memorize the Quran and learn the Arabic language, which is one of the most complicated languages that mankind ever invented? How about learning both of these things in, say, about five minutes? And that also if you have a bad internet connection. Huh? It's a nice idea, right? How about, for example, traveling to Russia? Now you might say, why would I want to do that? Okay, don't go to Russia, go to China. Why to China? Same question, right? How about traveling to some country which is full of history and full of beautiful sights and whatnot, and maybe you wanted to see it all your life, but you don't know one word of the language, nothing. How about now the possibility that as soon as you land there, you know the language? Perfectly. And you can speak it, read it, write it fluently. And I'm not talking through my turban. Let me quote for you a lecture of Professor Michio Kaku, the great physicist and teacher and professor, which I heard. He is the author of a book called Hyperspace, which I strongly recommend that you should read. Among other things, when I read it, it gave me an inkling to two things. One is the ayat of Surah An-Naba where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ أَبْوَابَ Doors will open in the heavens. Michio Kaku's book gave me that idea. An understanding of that. And also it gave me, therefore, by inference, an idea about Isra al-Miraj. But that's not the scope of this khutbah. So I'll just leave these markers in your mind. Michio Kaku says, very soon a time will come when as soon as you blink your contact lenses and you're not wearing that for sight correction but because as a tool. He said, as soon as you blink, your contact lenses will connect you to the internet. And if you're not feeling well, then Robodoc will diagnose and tell you what's wrong. And this is not self-medication. This is qualified doctors in the top institutions. They will diagnose what is wrong, prescribe medicines which will be delivered to you in minutes. If you are, for example, in an accident in a foreign country and you don't know the language, you don't know the laws and rules and so on, you will talk to your watch and your watch knows all the laws of all countries. And your watch will tell you who to call, phone numbers are there, the watch will call them for you and you will have all the help you need. Now he said many more things, but I leave that to your imagination. And I assure you that what is ahead is more than what you can imagine because imagination is a function of experience. 
So we can only imagine what we already know or some factor of that. By definition, you cannot imagine something which you have, which never happened to you and you have no idea about that. That's unimaginable. So get prepared for a, for a world which will turn our society on its head. Final point, I'm not talking about the remote future. I'm talking about things that already exist and others which will build on them. After all, we already have Teledoc, which is a factor which is like Robodoc. We have Watson, we have Siri, we have GPS, we have self-driving cars and so on and so forth already. Much more will happen and very fast. Now, why am I telling you all of this in a Juma? Because this is even more reason and even makes it even more essential to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to remember that we will meet him one day. I remind you and myself that reality doesn't depend on belief for its existence. What is real is real. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It is real. Wisdom is to prepare for that reality, which is the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us very clearly, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَمَنْ زُحْزِحْ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازْ وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاءُ الْغُرُورِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Imran, which means everyone will taste death. If you are born, you will die. Whether you are a bacteria or whether you are a human being or whether you are the blue whale, if you are born, you will die. Everyone shall taste death. And only on the day of resurrection, day of judgment, shall you be paid your wages in full. <clears throat> now Allah gave a criterion of success and failure. He said, whoever is saved from the fire and admitted into Jannah, into paradise, only that person is successful. Not the kings of the world, not the most powerful people, not the most wealthy people, not billionaires, not oligarchs, not only the one who has been saved from the fire and entered into Jannah. Only that person, man or woman, is successful. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاءُ الْغُرُورِ The life of this world is only the enjoyment of deception. وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاءُ الْغُرُورِ The life of this world is nothing but deception. In 1998, I watched a 3D movie for the first time in San Francisco. I was staying at the Marriott and the theater was right across. So I was free in the evening. I walked over there and I saw this movie. It was about sharks. Now, I remember as I sat there in the theater wearing my 3D glasses, enveloped in surround sound, I could see the shark coming at me. And believe me, if you had, if you could measure my pulse rate and heartbeat and electrical, electrical activity in my brain, you would have had some freaky results. I can assure you absolutely without any doubt that during that entire movie, I didn't have any thought apart 
from what I was seeing, nor did I feel anything other than that 3D experience, what it was doing to me. Nothing. Yet, that was deception. That's make-believe. That's not real. The world outside the theater was real. But if somebody had come in and pulled off my glasses and shook me and reminded me that there's a world outside the theater, that is the world which is real, this is make-believe, maybe I would have punched him in the face and grabbed my glasses back and told him to get out of my life. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it about 3D movies? Something else, right? That something else is right here. Right here. This is our situation. And AI will enhance and make this, this deception ever more real. And that is why we need the, 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 the revelation. We need the Quran Al-Kareem more than we ever did. But not the Quran Al-Kareem in the traditional way that we have learned to read it and memorize it and focusing only on the sounds of it and not worried about the, the, what it does to us or the meanings of it or the lessons from it, right? Not in that way. We need the Quran to remind us about the Akhirah, about the Day of Judgment. I remind myself anew that Islam does not stop us from science and technology. It does not stop us from research, from learning about the universe. It helps to put it in perspective. Our tragedy is that we Muslims have simply become consumers, manipulated for the benefit of others. <coughs> Stuff collectors. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us to introduce to the world the most powerful idea, the reality that we have a creator who is interested in us and to whom is our return. A creator who sent us a format of existence to give us success in this world and the next and reward in, the, in this world and the next. As long as we did this, we had influence. When we stopped this and became consumers instead of contributors, we lost our leadership. The way to get it back is to reverse the way we lost it. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. الحمد لله رب العالمين. والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. As I mentioned to you, my brothers and sisters, the way to once again become role models to the world is to reverse what we did. The bad news is we did it to ourselves. The good news is we did it to ourselves. 
Because what you did, you can undo. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us <coughs> the way to educate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا سُبْحَانَكَ سُبْحَانَكَ فَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ Allah said, Jalla Jalaluhu, verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of the night and the day, there are indeed signs for people of understanding, for people of intelligence. And Allah described who they are. He said, they are those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting and lying on their sides. And they think deeply about the creation of the heavens and the earth, saying, our Rabb, you have not created all of this without purpose. Glory to you and save us from the torment of the fire. There are two critical things to understand in these ayats. One that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the preposition and not or. When he referred to the connection between remembering him, that is obeying him, and scientific research. It is not either or. It is two together. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the sequence in which this is to be done. First, you recognize the creator, then you research in his creation. That leads to the result where the scientist recognizes his creator in the signs of his creation. And he remembers his akhirah, he remembers his hereafter, and he seeks protection from the anger of Allah. What we have done is to go against both these things. We fractured and separated the Qur'an and Sunnah from our lives and relegated them to ceremonial purposes. That is the first thing we did. We fractured knowledge. We teach the Qur'an as if there is no creation. And we teach about science as if there is no creator. When we teach the Qur'an, we don't talk about the creation. We don't talk about the meaning of that. We, even meaning, we talk, when we say meaning, we don't mean meaning. We mean translation. There is a world of difference between meaning and translation. We focus on the pronunciation, which is good, alhamdulillah. But we stay there, which is evil, which is, which is very, very bad. Is the Quran some kind of rag to be sung, focusing on pronunciation, meaningless sounds, even if they sound nice? Is that what the Quran is? Or is the Quran a message from our Creator to us? which must be understood and made use of. Which one is it? But we teach the Quran as if there is no creation. And the opposite, when we teach about the creation, we teach it as if there is no God. So therefore, we have atheism. My brothers and sisters, it is because we started learning about the creation without recognizing and knowing the creator that we got speculative theories. Like Darwinism. Those of you who are interested in language, ism is a religion. Hinduism, Sikhism. We don't say Christianism, but that's what it means, Christianity. We don't say Islamism, but ism is a religion. Why do you call Darwinism? 
is Darwin's theory of evolution a religion? It is not. But how is it taught? I'll tell you an interesting story happened with me. I was in a very uh, famous Jewish school in, in London called Jacobs Academy. And I went to visit it. I asked them to, to uh, you know, requested them to visit. So they very gracious, very nice. They invited me and my wife and my wife and I went there. And the visit started in the office of the principal. So they said, you will have tea with the principal, then we go out. The principal, interestingly, was an Anglican priest, was a Christian Anglican Church of England priest, who is the principal of the Jewish Academy. So we were sitting and chatting and the principal says to me, I am sure you have the same problems with teaching Darwin's theory that we have. So I said, we have no, I said, we have no problems teaching Darwin's theory. He was shocked. He said, what do you mean? I said, I mean what I said. I said, we have no problem teaching Darwin's theory of evolution. He says to me, Sheikh, how can you say that? You are, you are, a, you are a Muslim scholar. I mean, he was mistaken in that, but you know, he said it. He said, we Christians and our Jewish teachers here and you, we have the same problem. I said, we have the same problem in many ways, but not, not Darwin's theory. He said, how do you mean? I said, we have no problem teaching Darwin's theory as theory. We have a problem teaching Darwin's theory as a religion, as doctrine. He says, oh my God, I never thought of it like that. I said, well, that, that's, the, that's the problem. What's the problem? If, if you tell me I, I evolved from this chair, that's a theory, no problem. I'll teach you that. I evolved from this chair. This is my ancestor. That's my great-grandfather. What's the problem? Right? It stretches the mind to think of theories and the more phantasmonical they are, the better. But if you are telling me that this is the truth and if I don't believe it, then I'm an ignorant fool, then I've got a problem with that. Sorry. Teaching a theory as theory, no problem. Teaching a theory as doctrine, as an ism, as religion, that's the problem. And this man said, you are 100% right. Huh? My brothers and sisters, remember, everything comes at a price. Be it automation, augmented reality, metaverse. Have any of you, how many of you have seen the, the, the movie Matrix? One person. See that. I mean, do, what do you watch? Watch something which is useful. right? It will blow your mind. right? It will get you highly confused. But that's what you should see. Find me another Maulana who will tell you to watch Matrix. But it is creating a world which is increasingly further away from reality, from human contact and from relationships. Social media is a tool to enhance the illusion of action, of popularity and influence and to take away the real power of action so that the manipulators can have a free hand once the forwarder and the tweeter have forwarded and tweeted and gone back to sleep. The illusion of action takes away edge from the need to act and no results ensues. After all, which tweet put bread on the table or relieved anyone from oppression? 
people today believe in conspiracy theories including the most current of them what is it called covid 19 right people believe in conspiracy theories more than in scientific research i'm not even talking about religion they believe in in conspiracy theories more than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the result of spreading this distrust is not that people distrust one source they distrust everyone and that's what we are seeing today nobody is trusted not government not clergy not scientists not academics not parents not community elders nobody now you know the problem with that the problem with that is it makes people even more vulnerable to manipulation and that's the reason why we see a new theory of world control every week even every each of them more outlandish than the than the earlier one and hard facts for example about climate change and global warming are scoffed at and laughed at even by our so called global leaders you don't like those facts we happy to talk about uh, fauci or something eh or bill gates is 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 giving us vaccines with uh, chips which are now running in my blood la hawla wala quwwata la can you imagine i mean it, it's you need to be seriously something wrong with your brain to believe this garbage but you believe it i remind you on myself that we are social beings with strong affiliation drive and need company and affirmation and friendship no matter how convenient the gadget or technology if there's no human contact it leads to loneliness and depression and increasingly serious mental illness in addition not having to deal with people daily will take away our skills to do so and this will have seriously negative impacts on team working on marriage on raising children on influencing on politics and just being plain human relations poorly developed social skills is a very major problem And that's why John D Rockefeller is supposed to have said I will pay more for the ability to get along with people than I will pay for any other ability. Let me pause and remind you I'm not anti AI. That would be like being anti cholesterol. It is there, it is nice. That is what makes biryani worth dying for. What we need to do is to learn how to deal with it. so that we can mitigate and minimize its negative effects ai is hugely beneficial because it will automate all kinds of routine work and it will enable massive intuitive data mining but it will also influence how we think and what we value in ourselves and others and that will affect how we deal with one another which is our lives we can neither reject nor run away from ai we don't need to and we mustn't we must however prepare for the changes that it will create which will have little to do with technology and everything to do with our humanness my brothers and sisters i remind myself and you that the world ahead is more and more complex and complicated and our life experience raw life experience i'm talking to the parents here is of little value to our children unless we can conceptualize that into lessons that they can apply many of your children have said to me our parents tell us stories about how they had elect- they had no electricity in their homes and they studied under street lamps one kid said to me why didn't they study in the daytime yeah they tell the story we used to study under the street lamp we said din mein kyon nahi padte the interesting they said they they told me my father told me we had to walk 10 miles to the school and in between there was a river so we had to swim across the river 
He says, you really want me to believe that? Huh? Ajib. And then the kid says to me, what am I supposed to do with the story? Okay, you did all this. So what? I don't have to swim across the river to go to school. I go to West Springfield School here. So your story is, you know, maybe at the most nice story, but you tell me that story like every three days, so that's not even nice. What shall I do with the story? My brothers and sisters, your stories as stories don't apply. They're useless. What must you do? Conceptualize them into lessons which can be learned. There is a need for parents to spend more time with their children, to understand their world, to upgrade their own knowledge and understanding of the new world which is critical if you want to remain connected to your children. Simply paying bills is not enough. And remember that once kids get disconnected, to get them back is practically impossible. If they don't see you as role models, they will find others that you will not even know about. And those others will teach them things that will make your hair go white overnight, if you knew that. Don't let it come to that. The solution is to get your kids and you connected to the masjid. And accompany your children, listen to me, accompany your children to all learning sessions that the masjid does, all the halakas, all the Sunday schools, all the stuff. We have parents here, may Allah forgive you, who drop children off and eat and pick up children. Even if salah is going on, they will not step in to pray. They pick up their child and they go. What are you teaching the child? What are you teaching the child? This masjid is a, is a, is a baby daycare center. Where you, you drop the child so that you can go to Costco? Get serious with your life. So be serious. It's your children. Right? You got a doubt about that? Go do a... What do you call it? Paternity test, huh? Assure yourself. We have halakas here. Children walk out. Parents are sitting there. Or parents walk out. They take their child. We have to go home. To do what? Make tawaf? What is happening here is ibadah. Which ibadah is superior to that? Apart from tawaf. Really get serious. I mean, what is the point of having learning sessions in the masjid if you don't come and participate? What is the point in having... Seriously, in, 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 our, in, in our board meeting, one of the board members, somebody said, what interests our children who come to the masjid? This board member, and may Allah bless him, he spoke the truth. He said the gym. Is that why the gym is here? Is there a gym in the masjid or a masjid or a gym? Which one? Seriously, I'm telling you this thing. If your children are only coming to the masjid to go to the gym, something is seriously, seriously wrong. Please. My brothers and sisters, it is not about others. It's about ourselves. Remember, at the end of the day, none of this stuff will change the fact that the Akhirah is real. But those who do not prepare for it will meet it unprepared and pay very dearly. And that's why it is very important for us to break out of the intoxication we call life and get real and look at the reality called the hereafter, the Akhirah. 
and remind ourselves that it's not just some concept, but something that we will face whether we like it or not. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. We must wake up and act. Just waking up and lying in bed is no good. It's useless and even more painful than being asleep. It is wise to prepare for the inevitable. The alternative doesn't bear contemplation, let alone experiencing. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'ala barar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunanna min al-khasirin. Allahumma hadina fi man hadayt wa aafina fi man aafayt. Watawallana fi man tawallayt. Wabarik lana fi ma a'atayt. Waqina wasrifanna sharra ma khadayt. فَإِنَّكَ تَقُضِي وَلَا يُقْضَى عَلَيْكَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَظِلُّ مَنْ وَالَيْتَ وَلَا يَعِزُ مَنْ عَادَيْتَ تَبَارَكْتَ رَبَّنَا وَتَعَالَيْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ آمين يا رب العالمين وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم السلام